This is the Reluctant Leader Podcast, the podcast designed to help you if you've landed a leadership role through no fault of your own and now need to find out what you should be doing. I'm your host, Mark Terrell, and have been there and know what it feels like and made all the mistakes. In each episode, I'll be getting to grips with a leadership topic by interviewing an expert in their field. You'll find out why they do what they do and take away some top tips you can use to become a more confident leader. For more content and to keep in touch with how the project is developing, go to www.thereluctantleader.co.uk. If you have any comments about the episode, you'll find me on LinkedIn, Facebook and Twitter. So let's crack on with the show. Today I'm talking to Fidel Bohill. Fidel is the founder of the Modern Man Club, a men-only Facebook community and community interest company by the same name that promotes good mental and physical health for men. He is also an NLP master coach, a master hypnotherapist, a master timeline therapy practitioner, and works with clients on a one-to-one basis to increase performance in different areas of life, relationship issues, and helps men going through divorce, bereavement, or a midlife crisis. Hope you enjoy this chat we had about gender energies, and I'll catch you all on the other side. So, Fidel, welcome to the Reluctant Leader podcast. Very happy to be here. Not reluctant at all. <laughs> that's, that's good to hear. Good to hear. Um, so we're going to be talking about gender energies, which is, um, is a fascinating subject. You've, I've heard you talk about it lots of times um, when I've um, seen you in the uh, talking at um, keynote speak and uh, talking uh, in, in that environment and also online so we'll get to that in a minute but before we get in, stuck into that I always ask my guests why they do what they do and what was the pivotal moment that took you down this path Ooh, that is a bit, that's a question that is it's a bit of a story I guess um so as as you knew Mark as you, you knew me in my former guise as uh, Britain's favorite wheel writer um, I was a wheel writer for 12 years, pretty much. Um, and I set up my own company, uh, I was touching six years ago now. I, I, I started speaking, um, as a wheel writer and I got more and more experienced as a, as a speaker. And the more I did that, the more I found that there was a need for people, people wanted me to go a bit deeper. Um, so rather than just kind of like turning up and speaking about, um, you know, the practicalities of wills and probate and the things that people should do. People were asking me for stuff that was a bit more insightful and a bit more inspiring from, from what I'd learned. And I, I put together a talk called How to Die Happy, um, which is about all the things, you know, I've been blessed to have spoken to thousands and thousands of, of people uh, during, during that part of my career um, about what's really important to them in life. You know, I speak, I still do go and speak to people on their deathbeds, literally um, taking um, last minute wills and uh, elderly people and young people and all sorts of people about what's important. So I put together a little list of what I thought was essential for, for being able to die happy. And, I don't know. The more I went around and spoke, people were coming to me as an authority on death. And I, I felt like I was kind of pigeonholing myself into this kind of character of a doctor death, um, which to start off with was quite amusing. And, and it was fun. As, as you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a kind of, I'm an extrovert guy. I, I, I enjoyed the role, but it, it felt detached. It didn't, don't get me wrong. I totally believed in what I did. 
Um, everybody should have a will. It was really, really important, but but it didn't hold a lot of truth for me, if you see what I mean. It didn't feel like my calling. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what then also happened was I ran into financial difficulties with the business about three years ago, three and a half years ago. And um, I'd started, I started to grow the company too quickly and, and borrowed some money and um, I got into some financial difficulties. And I didn't tell anybody about this. Not, I didn't tell my wife because a similar thing had happened to me about 10 years previously in Spain. Um, and I thought, oh, no, I've done it again. I'm doing it again. Um, at that point, I was the, probably the fittest I've ever been, bar now, actually. Um, I'd had my last fight. I'd won a CrossFit competition. I was really fit and healthy, but I had all this underlying stuff going on. And um, I ended up having a, a panic attack when I was driving home from an appointment one day. It felt like a heart attack. I got home and um, uh, the kids called an ambulance and everything else like that. And I ended up in hospital. And it was basically uh, sort of speaking to the doctor and doing my own sort of research afterwards. I found that not talking about what was going on had caused a buildup of internal stress, which uh, had physical um, outcomes for me, which was something I didn't really understand or know about before. Um, I then went and had some hypnotherapy to try and, and to help myself through the process and to also try and deal with the, 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 the mindset issues that I was having that had created those two problems in, in my businesses. Prior to that, I kind of like started getting worried and, and scared about myself and had some limiting beliefs and things like that. So I went and had some hypnotherapy, which was a, a life-changing experience for me. It really opened up the neural pathways to my unconscious and my conscious mind. Um, and once you've done that, as my clients will attest, will testify, it's difficult to go back. I mean, you start to really get in touch with who you are and what makes you happy and, and more importantly, what isn't making you happy. And I realized how much of that industry I didn't connect with and it wasn't making me happy and how much of that work I didn't enjoy anymore. Um, and the fear that I was creating this character and becoming more and more well-known and I was painting myself into this corner talking about a subject that that didn't really hold a lot of um, personal feelings for me. And more and more people were wanting to know more about me. And I think a lot of my story wasn't really compatible with the, with with working in that industry, um, the legal industry. So much of my business came from financial advisors and, and things like that. And so talking about me sort of not being very good at business and uh, having some having some troubles and stuff like that wasn't really compatible with the company I was running. I became so intrigued with uh, hypnotherapy that I went and studied it myself. And that was my first qualification was in hypnotherapy. I discovered NLP, um, learned how to do uh, neuro-linguistic programming, which was fascinating. I loved it. And I carried on training right up to master coach level. So that took me a few years to do. And um, I, I became a coach sort of after those after I finished those qualifications mainly because I went and I did my last talk of how to die happy in front of a crowd in in Southampton and one of the one of the things is is about truth not only the truth you tell people so I speak to a lot of people on there towards the end of their lives it's it's always a regret they they regret not telling people the truth like telling them things like how they love them or what they think of them and also uh being true to yourself and I remember interviewing my mum on a Facebook Live once and I asked her what bit of advice she would give to her grandchildren. And that was what she said. She said, find your truth and um, live that life as soon as possible. 
I, the first time I'd ever told anybody that part about my mum saying it, and there was a photograph of her had come up on the screen behind me as well as I was talking, and it just it was a really emotional, profound moment, you know, one of those light bulb moments. Um, and I was sat on the train on the way back from from that talk, and uh, I realised that I was telling other people to do it, but I wasn't doing it myself. I spent mm. a few days. First of all, I asked myself the question, who, who am I? Um, which is <laughs> a big question. Don't ask yourself that, not unless you're prepared to do a whole lot of work. Um, and I, uh, after a day or so of that, I decided to change the question and, and went to, what, what do I have to offer the world? Um, and that's how the, the modern man was born, the idea of the modern man club and the modern man coach. Um, it was when I, I decided to just switch fully over to, um, to, to coaching and, and setting up my community and chess company, the Modern Man Club. And that's my story of how I came to be. Mm. And, and um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've seen obviously that what you've just described and, and those three or four years, and I've, I've seen a lot of that happening in you. And obviously I was there when you first stood up and said, you know, um, we're all going to die uh, in, in, yeah. in your, doing your wheels, which, which is true. We all know that. Um, but it's actually getting the message out there. And I think that the interesting thing is that we all struggle to get our message out there, but sometimes the most simple things really resonate and you know when you talk about wills and you just say that statement it makes people sort of think well that's right and what am i doing about that <laughs> that, but, that, that catchphrase changed 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 the game for me and it propelled my speaking <laughs> career and and will yeah. writing career through the roof really just that one that one tagline so yeah you're right if you get yeah. when you get it right you get it it really works <laughs> yeah uh, that's very interesting and I think most people uh, struggle with that uh, marketing and getting the message across uh, and we can learn from that but we're not here to talk about marketing and all that interesting stuff but today we'll talk about something well you could say even more interesting is how do we use gender energies um, at work um, and I, I know you do some relation work as well but being this a podcast which is for uh, is you know reluctant leaders um, leaders leadership focused um, yeah. I think it's going to be an interesting conversation about how we use those two gender energies um, in, in, in the workplace. So before we, you know, I think that, that would be a good place to start for you to explain what are the gender energies and how do you see them uh, working uh, individually and how that works, you know, when we're, with, we're interacting with others. Yeah, so kind of like part of my uh, what, what sort of caused the, the, the issues for me as a, as a business leader, um, you know, with my staff and, and running that company was how ingrained or attached it was to my masculinity. So part of the problem was that I'd attached this, this idea of being the businessman um, and and money and income and everything else like that and the responsibility of, of, of my staff and, and, and everything else um, to, to my masculinity. And also attached to that was my kind of fear of, of uh, showing my vulnerability on that and, and talking to people about how I wasn't doing very well at it. Um, so that it, was, it was the first sort of insight I got to how not <laughs> how not to use your masculinity and how not how not to, how, how 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 it can cause problems. Um, so basically, we all have a balance of of masculine and feminine energy within us. Um, predominantly, 
Um, I'm going to use a lot of generalizations in this conversation because it's impossible to do this absolutely correctly. And, and it is a fairly controversial subject for mm. some people. Mm. Um, but generally, you'll find that your predominant energy will sit with your gender. So if you're a man, you will mainly have some masculine energy. That will be your sort of driving uh, core energy. If you're a woman, it will be feminine. And what we've got at the moment is for our generation a bit of a um a bit of confusion about we've kind of disconnected from both of those the messaging for our generation has been for, for men to kind of become a little bit more feminine and for, for women to uh, become a bit more masculine especially in the workplace especially for women and especially for female leaders mm-hmm. um the impact that that's having is we've got a lot of tired women out there um they're coming into to, to work and they're, they're putting on their masculine suit of armor. They're being very decisive. Um, they're running companies with, with great skill and dexterity and everything else like that. Uh, but they, what they struggle to do is, is take that off when, when they get home, which is having an impact on relationships and things like that. Um, and likewise, it's an interesting dynamic when you've got men in their masculine energy at work and they're confronted by women who are also in their masculine. And, and it, it causes quite a bit of conflict from my experience and from what I've seen and from people that I've spoken to and worked with. Um, I think a lot of women are under the impression that they can't be successful at work and in business um, and still be in their feminine energy, which I think is a big, big, big um, mistake probably the, the the most important bit of this conversation i think mm-hmm. is is that element there uh women um not being not being shown or, or or having a full understanding of how to how to be powerful and in their feminine energy in the workplace and in business mm. i think they're missing a trick the ones that don't yeah yeah so i suppose we, what we're talking about here is almost a little bit about the stereotypical sort of um what a man is and what a a, a, a woman is um, yeah and, and if we talk about the, the workplace and, and particularly obviously because this, this is a leadership focused podcast yeah. is when you are in a leadership position whether you're a man or a woman what we're saying here is that you are a combination of these two things and it's actually being aware so that you can actually use them uh, appropriately perfectly put mark yeah Yeah. so awareness is critical so Mm -hmm. really some of the fundamental things about uh, masculine energy is about being decisive it is about leadership with compassion and with thought but those are the kind of real powerful sort of masculine energies and and women will need those in business for sure and there will be many many times when they will need to be in their masculine energy likewise you know you've got things like compassion and empathy and caring um and and uh and those sort of uh, traits which are uh, more more feminine which in the modern workplace certainly in, in in england in britain um there's a real need for those i mean that's what our our industries are all about now they're all about communication they're all about sort of networking and, and stuff like that and they you know gone are the days where we where we you know it's not the 80s anymore it's also not the industrial era where where we need to be full-on sort of masculine men that are, that are out you know trumping everybody in business and uh, um that 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 isn't so competitive and stuff like that anymore actually what's what's needed to be successful these days are, is a much more nurturing and considerate attitude so both men and women are having to and learn to flow between the two energies in order to to be a complete um, leader i think 
Yeah. Uh, and I've just written down a word called, uh, where the word is diversity. And, mm. and it's, uh, and, and I've come across people that are, you know, working in that, um, in that sphere. It, it's um, encouraging more women into, especially, you know, that, those senior roles. Yeah. Uh, and, and it can only be because, you know, we, you know, we need a, a mixture of these energies because, you know, if we don't, then, you know, there's something lacking. Uh, and it, it's just not balanced, is it? Correct. Absolutely yeah. correct. And and the fact is, is that uh, we do need diversity. Diversity is a great, is a fantastic word. Mm. Um, I think one of the things we get confused about with with gender in particular, um, and one of the things that I'm trying to sort of shout about with, with what we're doing with the Modern Man Club and the Modern Woman Club, is um, we've kind of assigned roles to gender. So you know, like you can be a leader and be a boss and, 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 and run a big corporation and be in your feminine energy. And you can be at home looking after your family and pick, doing the school run and cooking dinner in, in your masculine energy. You can, you can do that. So mm. gen, the, 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 the masculine and feminine isn't about a role. It's about the energy with which you bring to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and certainly in leadership, just right at the top of the tree, you have to be able to kind of do both um and so there is no reason why uh there should be any imbalance of 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 men and women there just shouldn't be um guys at the top really need to know how to get in touch with their feminine energy and women at the top will have to have been in their masculine energy to have got there in the first place so um yeah it's interesting it'd be very very interesting to 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 watch this unfold as people twig on Yes, and that and that's the reason why we're talking because it is it's such an interesting thing and and like you said it's it's slightly controversial. Some people will, will think well, you know, we're being some sort of uh, sexist in some way, but it's not about that. It's about actually, no. you know, it's individually understanding that you know we can um, be um, come from a different place whether we're coming from whichever energy and that's what's what's intriguing to me um and you talk about um you know let's just flip it a little bit to relationships it's um and i've heard you talk about you know men that you know attracted their partner from being in from that masculine energy but then when the relationship develops and you know later on um what's lost is that um that that um masculine energy they sort of they've sort of almost like defaulted to more of the, of the female energy and that, and that's what's when they lose their spark which is which is you know i think i think you've, you've sort of hit on something there that's really uh, relevant it, it is and that that's a bit when i start talking about that in, in uh, you know to an audience i get so many women and and a few guys come up to me and goes you know you've just described our relationship but what tends to happen is guys in their masculine energy will attract women women are core attracted to to a masculine energy for lots and lots of reasons that uh, we won't go into but um <laughs> then what happens is you know we've got a generation of women who are uh, who have been brought up to understand what they want and be able to go and get it and to ask for it um and and guys naturally once once we enter into a relationship we'll want to kind of please and serve um the woman in in it uh, but then what happens is, so women then start asking for what they want and, and men then try and and do it for them. And then 
they'll lose the ability to be decisive and to, to lead their sort of family unit and to lead the couple. Um, and certainly if they do it and then they get it wrong and they get chastised, they'll retreat back into their feminine energy um, and be more sort of pliable and everything else like that. And the woman will have come home from work and still be doing the masculine role within the family as well, which, which can lead to them being really, really tired and exhausted. Um, and that's common. The, the, the women that I do work with, these are the women that I work with on a personal level. I get a lot of women coming up to me afterwards um, and wanting to, to understand how to take off that masculine armor when they get home from work and their leadership roles to be able to step into their feminine energy at, at home. And if one, it all, you only need to work with one part of a couple for, for it to completely change because it's a, it's, it's a polarity. So it's like two opposing things on a magnet when you put them together if you get them the, the wrong way around they'll push away from each other but if you get them the right way around they're attracted hmm. and so if if one of you starts acting in in that role if the woman starts acting in her being becoming more feminine when she gets home the man will naturally step into his masculine energy it just happens and i you know i've worked with so many clients now um on on that and and to watch it happen is still quite magical actually it's really cool hmm. um in the workplace though it's it's the opposite, and I think I've 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 seen it in in the sort of corporate environments where women in their masculine energy, if they are sort of overly ag- sort of aggressive and stuff like that, again, this is all happening on a subconscious level. A lot of us aren't doing this um, consciously. It's not something we're doing deliberately. It's almost that polarity then uh, comes into the workplace, but you're opposing each other, you know. Mm. And that causes rifts. It causes rifts and it can cause problems for leaders. So again, men and women need to know when and where to step in and step out of the different energies to try and minimise conflict at work. Mm. And it's tricky, isn't it? It's tricky. Once you think about this, you think, okay, um, you know, know, typically when you talk about, you know, uh, a board of directors that, you know, uh, has uh, an in 2019 it's still predominantly male orientated yeah and when you think about women that have have trouble getting into on onto the board um it's almost like you need to introduce this concept to the board that's maybe already male dominated and say look these are the reasons why you need some uh, some male and female influence here because you are coming at it always from a um, this you know male orientated um, you know uh, stereotypical energy uh, and what you're going to gain is actually you're going to get gain some other energy which is good for you as a group but also you'll get other influences which will mean that that influence will be hopefully felt across the business in a, in a, in a, in a, in a, in a bigger way. And, and I Without think that's, a shadow of a doubt. It's, it's complementary. When you get both mm. energies in a family or in a business, mm. then, then that's, that's what it's supposed to be. It's the yin and yang, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but it's crucial that then when women get there, that they understand that that's the difference that they're bringing. The idea isn't that they come and bring more of the same masculine energy. The idea is that they come and they bring the feminine with them. Um, and that's what will make the difference. Mm. Does that make sense? That's a really yeah. important point to, 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 to bring across because I think what, what tends to happen is women, they fight and fight and fight to get there. And then when they arrive, they, they, stay, they stay in the, in the masculine energy and that isn't bringing what, the, the full amount of, of difference that, that, that they can do. 
Mm. No, it, it, and I understand that. In that, you know, my my partner, she has, she was, she's been on her own for a long time, and you know, we've been together a few years now. And when what she actually had to have that that energy, and she's got to take charge and and be in that element. And what she struggles with probably more than what she uh, I wanted to is actually releasing it and allow me to be that. Yes. That it's, you know it's, that male influence, which she hasn't really had for a long time, and it's 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 that um, it, it feels a little bit uncomfortable, but you know it's 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 something that you just got to accept, isn't it? Yeah, 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 for sure. And I expect you know certainly the the sort of the niche that you like to operate in with family businesses as mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. That brings a whole other dynamic when you're working with couples um, and and families, and then you've got sons coming in and daughters, uh, and, and you've got that whole other family dynamic mixed in with it as well. Um, it can, and unless you have that part sussed and, and, and do you know what though? It's true. When I look at successful family businesses and certainly couples who are in business together, they always have that bit nailed. Mm. Um, they always have that bit nailed. It's really, really interesting to see. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to my family retail business. You know, my mum had a clear role and my dad had a clear role and they were very much uh, gender specific. That's for sure. Yeah. You know, very much my mum was doing the nurturing bit and my dad was doing the sort of directing bit, you know, you know, looking back, it's, it was quite interesting, you know, and we're talking about stereotypical sort of um, uh, roles here, but the thing is, we need a bit of that, don't we? We, you know, otherwise it gets a bit, you know, it's not, it doesn't feel <laughs> comfortable. The problem has become that w- we have almost seen one as being more important than the other, which is nonsense. We've kind of looked at this masculine role uh, because because it is part of sort of being le- leading and deciding. Now, I'm going to use the example of uh, tango dancing, okay? Because hmm. um, it's a it's a really good visual idea. So. When, when you dance or any kind of like ballroom dancing or couples dancing, it's, it's the same. And the man will, will lead. Okay. But he can only do that if he's a, if with permission. Okay. So the feminine energy can always muck it up if she wanted to, or if she doesn't trust and have faith in the man, he's not going to tread on her toes and he's not going to drop her. So <laughs> the masculine has to, has to show up and has to show up properly and has to show up with confidence and skill and dexterity. Um, but the feminine still has to allow it to happen. So you can ask yourself there, really, where is the power? You know, the, we, the masculine doesn't work without permission. Otherwise, it becomes toxic, and that's when it's bad, because then it becomes force, um, you know, and dominance, rather than leadership with thoughtfulness and compassion, becomes something completely different. So mm. if the feminine allows him to do it, that's where the power really is, in my eyes. But you have that yin and yang thing where then what you end up with is a beautiful dance and everybody wins. So rather than it being about, well, you know, a, cha- or a constant challenge and a, and a this one is better than that, we always talk in teams that every member of the team is, is just as important. The striker might stick the goal in but, uh, on, a, on, a football, on a football team, but they'll be stuffed if they don't have a goalkeeper, right? Mm. Um, every single team, every part of a team is just as important and certainly if in a in a sort of masculine and feminine sense both roles are absolutely imperative and need to be played kind of uh, properly and 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 in their fullness for for it to work 
Yeah, I love that tango analogy because I've 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 done that and and I was thrown into a situation where I was quite new to it. I just stepped up from basic into into what they called intermediate, and I then suddenly had females that had been dancing for years, and I've been dancing for six months, and I I had to take the lead. And it, yeah. you know, some people, and it's funny. I was just thinking back now. Some of them were realised that you know where I was and 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 made uh, you know and, and accommodated where I was but others just expected me to step up you know I was there okay you're the man you've got to take the lead doesn't matter you've only been dancing for six months months and I've been dancing for six years it's your decision to make you know you've got to take that step and 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 take that role you know and and you know it was tricky so uh, yeah um, and and that's a great way of um and of uh, framing it and um hopefully people notice the difference you see that's the supportive feminine that's going to support you and nurture you and allow you to do it at your own pace and speed and trust you Mm. to your level the dance is always going to be better isn't it than the one that's kind of challenging you again it depends who you are um and it depends what kind of leader you are but some people are going to react better to that and other people are going to react better to the to that sort of more more challenging expecting kind of kind of role but um either way the women have to allow you to do it or the feminine doesn't they yeah 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 And, and we're naturally um we're either um overly supportive or overly challenging and you could say that you know men are, are more challenging than women but would you know that's questionable and obviously we're not making assumptions here that's the, the, the masculine and feminine is like the is the top line underneath it again mm. i'm just putting together all my sort of body of work at the moment which looks at the different archetypes that are underneath both of those so mm. there are different expressions of masculinity you know uh, you may have read the book king warrior um lover wizard so, so there are different ways of expressing of, of expressing it that, that kind of encompass you know different mm. personality types within that and and how we how we lead and and how we how we perform those kind of duties mm. um but it doesn't detract from the masculinity of it no um Sadly, the, the time is running out um, and it's been fascinating. I could talk about this so long and I, I think it, it's, you know, some people will be listening to this and, you know, hopefully they've under, you know, see where we're coming from with this. We're not, we're not trying to put people in a, you know, a, 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 a box. It's about understanding that we are, those energies are going on and if we could use them more effectively, um, for better outcomes and all, all, all is good for everyone and gets a, gets to win, win. But um, just to sum up then, as I always do with my guests, is to how can we leave our listeners with some top tips? Um, normally, I normally say three, three top tips yeah. to take away from listening to the last 30 minutes, how they can use this information um, in their in, in the work environment. I guess that's the, that would be the ideal thing. Yep. Okay. So um, obviously this is tricky. This is the ultimate um, kind of discussion that, that blends personal life and, and business life. Yeah. Um, so my kind of three top tips. First of all is, is, is physical. Um, taking care of your body and being healthy and fit um, really, really encourages both masculine and feminine energy. Okay. So taking care when your body is healthy and fit, you will resonate with your natural energy a lot better. Okay, so that's my top. T- that's my first top tip. Um, do you exercise and eat well, drink water. Um, <laughs> second time is to, to 
take time out to to be in your energy to think about it to feel what makes you feel masculine like we we all know we all have an innate sense of when we feel manly and when we feel feminine um so just kind of like take some time out and increase your awareness of when when those um those times are really practice um, and that's my third tip is to practice so once you know this is to practice at home and and talk about it with your partner um or with the men and women in your life in your in your private life um and and ask them to kind of to point it out to you when when you are in your masculine or feminine and, and start to get an understanding of it at home first so that you can learn how to switch in between at home uh, which you can then bring into the workplace and into your leadership role Brilliant stuff. And I think that's the important thing where you finished off there is that, you know, we can't really um, keep uh, our home life and, and um, business uh, work life separate because they are interwoven and, and it's oh, actually understanding that and using this information in both contexts, which is, you know, a win-win in both, in both respects. Well, thank you for your time today. Um, I really appreciate it. And I'm sure well, there's, there's some, some great um, takeaways there and um, some high value as, as always. Um, just what I expected from you, Fidel. And um, hopefully we'll get another opportunity to, to think uh, and or chat about another subject in the future. But for now, um, thank you. And um, I will um, hopefully see you again soon. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed it, please take a moment to leave a review. Don't forget to check out The Reluctant Leader Project at www.thereluctantleader.co.uk. Make a note to start, stop or continue doing whatever struck a chord in this episode. And until next time, be the best you can be.